Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and welcome wherever you're joining us from in the world. We are so happy to have you here at USA Global TV and Radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president founder and chief listening officer here at our network, where we currently have over 25 live broadcasts each and every week. Our show today is the business talk show. And if you've been following at all, this is the show we started out with two years ago before we were actually USA Global TV and radio. And taking this journey with me is Mr. Al Sini. He is my mentor, coach, and partner. He is not here today. He has a workshop he's running, so we say hello and thank him for being part of this journey. As you know, this show is all about celebrating entrepreneurs, celebrating business leaders, and we have a dynamic and incredible person joining us from New York in the United States. Her name is Jen Nash, and she is the connector in chief. She has accomplished so much, which we're going to get into today. So let's welcome her and find out what she's been up to. Welcome, Jen. Hi, Dr. Jacqueline. So nice to see you. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much for being here. I want to get right into it. What is a connector in chief? What do you do? Oh, that's exciting. What a great question. Um, thank you for asking that. Well, what I like to do is really inspire people to lean into connection, whether it's at home or at work or just uh, in their day to day lives, because I believe that taking tiny little moments out of your world to connect with the people around you is the singular most powerful thing you can do, not only for your health and well-being, but for your overall happiness. And of course, when we connect more at work, we often tend to get promoted so you can even make more money. So it's really just like the best thing for us all around. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that and explaining it to us. So as we know, there's been a lot going on, especially in mainstream media and social media about the workplace, about people's ideas since the pandemic. And people have either embraced it and said, yes, I love this new way of living, or they are not happy about it. And employers are asking people to come back in in many cases. So how is it, in your experience, helping people and companies find more meaning through connection that this whole opportunity, I'm calling it, this pandemic, this reset, has impacted people's ability to connect? So if I'm hearing your question correctly, and I love the fact that you're, part of your title is chief, list, chief listening officer, I believe is what you said. I love that. Um, so if I'm hearing you correctly, you're you're asking, how has the opportunity of the pandemic given us a moment to connect more at work despite the hybrid workplace? Is that right? Exactly. Well, I think 
it's very, very interesting because I think we took it for granted that when we walked down the hall, we could say hi to like, you know, Suvi or Jeff or whoever was walking around. And now we really have to be more conscious. We have to really be intentional when we show up and reach out and we're talking to whether it's a team as a group or whether it's one-on-one -on -one with someone we're managing or whether it's um, managing up and you're really trying to like connect better with your, your boss or their superiors. And I think that's really hard because we don't have those skills. We've never really learned how do I build up a little bit of connection every day when I don't see you in the elevator and I don't see you at lunch or we don't connect at a conference when all of that day to day is gone. What do we do? So for me, it's an opportunity to really come in and ask people how they like to be connected with, how they like to be, you know, like it's almost like love languages at work, right? Like what is the way you want to be seen and supported and encouraged when you're not on site. Great answer. Thank you so much. And, you know, Jen, before I left the corporate world in 2020, I sold employee recognition programs, mm -hmm. events, and also sales incentives. And it was a lot about the culture, creating a culture of recognition where people feel valued and supported. And as we look at how things have changed, I know here, even at our platform, we're a global platform and we have team members all over the world, different cultures, people react differently, they think differently. And I feel that education and a curiosity is really necessary to be able to support employees all across the world. What are your thoughts? Oh, I, I couldn't have said it better. And I think curiosity is at the heart of where I think we all need to be regularly right now, right? Because to your point, you know, maybe there's some cultures where birthdays are more of a private matter, whereas in North America, you know, taking the time to remember an employee's birthday, uh, writing it down, knowing it's coming, possibly organizing, you know, a little Zoom party or an in-person party. Um, these are the kinds of things that North Americans really appreciate and it makes us feel seen and recognized to your point. But that may not be the case all over the world. So I think it's a wonderful opportunity to like really get curious. And also, I think it's it's tailored. Everything needs to be tailored to your team, to your country, you know, to your specific office location. If you're a global, you know, community of, of service providers, like you, you've really got to take a step back and, and look into that, right? Absolutely. I agree. And Jen, in the news recently, there uh, has been a lot of discussion, especially on social media, about a certain social media platform where they just let everybody go. You are out. And then I also read that uh, right before Thanksgiving, another company sent out an email telling people, hey, don't bother coming in. When we think about supporting employees, obviously, the organization itself has to be healthy. But I would also think it's got to be imperative that we realize that employees are our brand ambassadors. And if we just dismiss them, that's our whole reputation, isn't it? That's We're basically saying, hey, this is our company and we just let everybody go. We don't care about them. And customers, we probably don't care about you either. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I actually just um, had drinks with someone that that worked at the company where the CEO dismissed 
what was it? 5,000 people over zoom. <laughs> we won't, we won't mention the name just because why, why bring up bad blood? But I think when companies start to treat people with that level of dismissal in terms of like, you're so not important, we're just going to let you go. And they forget that those are humans and those people were your brand ambassadors. I think it becomes very negative. And as a result, for instance, that person lost their diversity and inclusion leader. They lost a lot of other people that they weren't intending on losing, right? So I think that there's always a negative ripple. And I think it's really, really interesting in terms of like really big, powerful companies because they do have so much money behind them. And it'll be really interesting to see how this shifts the workforce, because I think already we are seeing a shift with people saying, I'm not going back. Sorry. Like I'm willing to maybe go back in two or three days a week, but that's it. And they are, I think everyone's leaning into what's going to support me being my best self. And it's, it's really interesting because I also do know being a solopreneur who works primarily at home, except for when I'm doing events and I'm going into places, I think, I think it's really hard to be in isolation all the time. And while we like it from a facilitation standpoint, because we don't have to go anywhere, we don't have to put our fancy pants on, literally, you know, it's, it's a step back. You know, we're not, we're not getting out there. We're not connecting. We're not in meetings and seeing people and being, you know, charged up by other people's energy. And I think that's something we're all beginning to really realize is critical. So I think we're taking back our power to some degree, the workforce that is, as these large companies are being, you know, dismissive in their own way. But I, I think I think there's going to be some kind of settling of the dust. Do you have any uh, predictions? I, I love what you're sharing. I feel like the employees have more power than they've had in the past. And something that I just want us to touch on, because I, I mentioned about what my background was, what do you think when we look at a holistic approach? Do you like the idea or do you think that uh, employee recognition programs do drive behavior change? So in other words, you get points for doing certain things. You get a certain parking spot or we're going to bring you up on the stage. Are these things still relevant or do you think that with what's happened, people don't really care about that very much? I'm going to say in the United States, we can't say all across the world. Right. You know, it's really interesting. I had a conversation with uh, a coachee recently who works at a company that really prides itself on doing all of the things you just mentioned. And actually, I hadn't even heard of some of the types of recognition that she was talking about. And um, and then a different client who actually works at uh, Panasonic Aviation was talking about how within different verticals of the company, say for instance, the engineering vertical, you know, they get badges that they can put on their LinkedIn or um, other things that can be shared out across the network so that, that people get that moment of, you know, I don't want to call it chess beating, but it's like awareness that they've leveled up in somewhere or awareness that their team is saying, boy," And I think an boy" goes a long way. But I think at the end of the day, when I look uh, at these types of companies, it's about the company. So if everyone in that company is excited about that recognition, 
I mean, it's like high school, right? We're all going to care. And I think, you know, you, you notice that somebody got a closer, cooler, better parking spot. Hey, ha- ha- how'd you swing that? Oh, you know, I exceeded my projections for Q4. Like, how great is that? So I think to your point, yes, it still matters. People do care. But I think it's it's very dependent on what is the company that you're at? What is the culture of the company you're at? How much do they as a culture value recognition um, and pat on the backs? Because there's probably other companies where they hand you a trophy and nobody cares, right? So it's really going to be group dependent. Does that resonate? It does. So true. And for some people, it's about the paycheck. How much money am I going to get? And other people, it's the gold star. I've always been a gold star person, believe it or not. So, but when we look at holistically supporting employees, training is really important. And I think it goes back to what we were speaking about earlier, curiosity. And also when we look at generations, I know where I was working for a lot of my career, we had probably four generations and the older generation wasn't that into training. It's kind of like, well, hey, I've been here this long. I don't I don't want to learn Salesforce, for example. But how can we support employees with training that's on point, on time and makes a difference? I got to tell you, <laughs> I got some feedback from a training that I ran recently at Mediacom and Mediacom is uh, the fifth, fifth largest television provider in America. And I went in and I run a training for, for 25 people. That's the max. And I go in and I do, it's about a four and a half hour training. And then what I do is I follow it up with two one-on-one 30 minute coaching sessions. What this does is it takes the training out of the like see and say with a little bit of workshopping so that people statistically only retain 40 to 50% of what they see, say, and maybe do a little of. And it takes it out of that realm and into the 80 to 90% retention because I'm asking them to digest everything they got in that four, four and a half hour training in those next two 30 minute one-on-ones with me and the coaching comes in and just transforms them. And why does this work? Well, it was really interesting. One of the uh, media directors, you know, he's in his uh, late twenties, early thirties, and he, he definitely had an attitude when he started, but at the end he said his, his comment to me in the feedback form was, John, you're dope. And that was so much better than I expected. And I think the problem is, is we're very busy. We have a lot of work. So we're thinking, God, really, you're going to make me do a training. I'm going to be late with all my deliverables. But what if slowing down can help all of us speed up? What if that training helps you deliver everything that you're working so hard on in a way that lands harder, that you get the sale faster? And in fact, you grow the sale. So when I teach like connect and win, which really is about leaning into storytelling and real connection, not only with yourself, but with your client so that you step away from selling and you lean into solving for clients, it transforms the landscape. And at the end of the day, we all know that people like working with people that they like. People like working with people they connect well to. So these types of things are 
to the point you were making earlier, going to get them better paychecks, better bonuses, and grow the bottom line for your company. So I think that training is tremendously important, but we do also need to be mindful. How can we make it training that's engaging, training that really inspires and uplifts? And I really, really try and do that because at the end of the day, I would not want to be bored by someone standing up just being a talking head. Absolutely not. So I definitely don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I love the passion that you have and the way your face lights up. You can tell that it it really means something to you. So tell us a little bit about your backstory and how it is that you came to find your passion in this area. Um, Interesting. So uh, my, my background as a kid, I moved over 10 times by the time I was 18. And whenever I tell people that, they automatically think, oh, you were a military brat. Actually, I wasn't. My dad was in marketing and he ran marketing for a very big Canadian company called Alchem. It's basically like the Reynolds wrap of the USA. And he dragged me around the world, all over Asia, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Malaysia, Sydney, Australia, around Canada. And so by the time I was 18, I really just grew up feeling very displaced. And I had this passion about connecting in with people quickly, probably because every time, you know, I got connected and I had a friend, we were whisked out of that country. So, you know, genetically, I think I was getting prone to think, well, if I don't ask, act fast and connect right now, I'm not going to have any friends, which, you know, as a teenager always sucks. Right. So over time, I, I, I leaned in hard to marketing. I have a creative background. I went to art school and I love images and, and words and connecting with that aspect of the brain. But in the last five years, I realized that my real passion was growing the connection. So I took the 25 years of working for Fortune 50 and Fortune 100 companies, and I really distilled that into what am I really trying to connect with? And at the end of the day, I realized I'm really trying to connect with both myself and other people so that we can step into the biggest expression of whatever it is we want to be doing, right? So if that's, you know, growing your sales team, let's do that together in a really aligned and passionate way. But if it's working one-on-one, you know, with some of my female executive clients, you know, where are they going? Because at the end of the day, you're going to get there with a lot more clarity and a lot more support and a lot of a lot more self-confidence when you do that with a coach. And I think hiring a coach changed my life. It changed my my outlook. And so that totally shifted um, how I wanted to show up in the world and how I wanted to support um, companies and, and people alike. Do you think that answers the question? I definitely do. Yes. Thank you. And, you know, on this platform, what we like to do is to provide hope and inspiration in addition to education. And I'm sure there are people out there watching thinking, wow, she's so successful. She's she's working with all these major accounts that doesn't happen overnight, does it? Absolutely not. And to be honest, uh, yeah, do you have a format with which you like to provide support and uplift? Because I love that you do that. Is there a way that you find your, your, your listeners respond the best? 
Yeah, because there's somebody out there right now who's sitting in a dead end job thinking, you know what, I'd like to go out on my own. I'd like to be a coach. I'd like to be a mentor, but I don't know exactly what to do. And so you are here today working with people. You're a, a testimony to the fact that you can be successful being a solopreneur and doing your own thing. What can you share with people based on your experience that they could start doing right now? That's a great question. You know, and it's funny, I've reinvented myself. I think I'm on my fifth leg. And um, so I, I did write a book at the beginning of this year called The Big Power of Tiny Connections, How Small Interactions Spark Awesome Outcomes. And I have sections. And I, I mean, I'm totally shilling right now. But at the same time, I really believe a lot of people like to have this stuff broken down and really explained, you know, because people are like, oh, go, go get a mentor. And most people were like, but how? And that's the kind of stuff that I actually really explained in my book. And because it, it is hard. It's not always, oh, that makes logical sense. But so for, for me, you know, I've, I've been everything from a financial reporter for institutional investor. I, I started a, a real estate investment group when I had no, no background in, in real estate besides having been a financial reporter. Um, I've worked in advertising as a creative director and then like switched into content strategy, which was an interesting leap. At the end of the day, it comes down to can you get people to support your vision, help you get clarity around your vision, help you figure out what are the steps you need to take to start that new company, take a new different direction with your job? You know, you wanting more is critical, though. Knowing you want more is the first step. And then after that, it's figuring out what feels good, what's going to move your whole person, your life, your bank account, your family forward. And when you have these sorts of things identified, you know what? The plotting of the points of what to do just gets simpler and simpler. And it may boil down to finding a mentor. Oh, how do you do that? You know, who in your community does a good job of whatever it is you want to do? Asking for help is really powerful. I literally think I really need your help is is the most powerful sentence in the english language and most people will respond kindly you know as long as you don't throw it out willy-nilly and i also believe that you know we we all have so much value showing up and offering other people support and help you know initially in order to just get that conversation going is a really powerful way in you never know who needs what and once you start the conversation, there might be a, a little pathway that's going to support you evolving. Thank you, Jen. I love that answer. And we actually have a comment from one of our viewers, Nuajira. I hope I'm saying your name right. Thank you for watching. Me too. Need people who can help me push my project, Push Child Foundation Uganda. How can I be helped? You know, we get asked a, a lot of uh, for support from from a lot of charities and, and missions around the world, because it is hard. It's hard to get that voice of one person to actually help make a change. But 
to your point, what you just said, it's about asking for help. It's about finding the people who have the budget, who have the ability to say yes, and then giving them the value that you offer. So, sir, madam, um, it, to answer your question, I think it's about doing what we're talking about here, finding people who believe in your cause. They believe in what it is you're doing. They have access to funding. They have access to connections to people. And, uh, and I think that's a good place to start. Jen, anything you'd add? Yeah, I would just add that, um, Ms. Enoch, I would really look for anyone who's very aligned with the Push Child Foundation. Like, what is your core value? What are you supporting? I mean, it sounds like it's kids, right? Push child, that makes sense. But um, so who has money that's supporting that already? Who has grants that's supporting that already? I would lean into aligning with people that are very clearly stating children are their you know, focus because that's going to be a much faster, easier conversation versus like, you know, maybe say, say chasing someone that's really interested in space exploration. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. I hope that helps. And I really think that it's also important that we look at our network of potential mentors and coaches. You were talking about this. I know when I first started this platform, actually it was last year, I think I had six mentors or coaches at the same time. And each one had a different role. And I know what people are thinking. They're thinking, how can I afford that? How can I afford six people? A lot of times you can barter with people. You can make arrangements. I will provide this service. You will provide that service. What are your thoughts about that, Jen? Does that work? Absolutely. And uh, to that point, exactly. Great point. Uh, I am new to the whole speaking and training world. And so, yes, on one hand, I hired a coach that does that. But I also met someone who has been doing it for 16 years and uh, she needed an overhaul with her uh, digital marketing. And so we ended up um, basically exchanging services. I uh, identified an art director, worked with that art director to overhaul her whole website. And in turn, you know, she takes my calls in terms of like, how should I structure this offer with this client? You know, what kind of, um, conferences should I be paying to attend? You know, all the tiny little stuff that you're just so unsure about when you're pivoting. And I think at the end of the day, most people don't realize how much everyone else is to some degree uh, fronting. You know, imposter syndrome lives within all of us. You know, whether you've been doing it for two years or 10 years, there's always something that can throw us off our game a little bit. And so I think it's really nice to have people that you can go to. And I bet the six people that you had, each one brought something very unique and different to the table, right? Yes, they definitely did. And, and I'm someone who's very curious. So I like to connect with people. And we, we've had somebody on here. Actually, she's a big part of how I started this. Her name is Ashley Owens, and she's like the queen of networking. And what I learned was it's not about what you can do for me. 
It's what I can do for you. And so when you go to somebody again and again saying, how can I help you? How can I help you? Eventually, someone will come and help you. But that's not that's not the point. The intention is to always be helping other people. And that's something that you're doing. And I'd love to understand, have our audience understand, how do you work with people? What does the process look like? Are you talking about uh, a corporate work situation or more one-on-one -on -one coaching? I think both for people out there like, you know what? I'd love to hire her. What does that look like? Well, it's really interesting. It's because coaching, coaching is a very personal thing and every coach has a different structure. My structure is, you know, we'd have a conversation and we'd talk about where you want to go and it'd be like a chemistry check for both of us. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to work with people that I don't feel that I'm truly going to be able to support powerfully. And I, and I mean that sincerely, this is absolutely not just a job for me. This is a vocation and I love it. So we have the conversation and, and typically I try to make that a really powerful conversation so that they walk away having some insight, some, some aha that really forces them to look at them selves and their lives in a slightly different way. And then if, if that feels really good to them and they have indeed stepped into greater clarity, you know, we put together a contract. I typically talk to my, my coaches um, twice a month. Um, I offer them a wide range of other support. For instance, I'm a positive intelligence coach. I highly recommend everyone take, check that out. Positive intelligence is a mental fitness training. And I give that to my coaches because it really helps them deal with stress, anxiety, and performance. So it's a really nice adjunct to all the stuff that they're actually building and creating for themselves. And, you know, then we structure that. It's typically um, a six month structure because you need a cadence. Doing this once or twice isn't going to change your life. But doing this every month for six months, you're really going to be able to look back and see where you were and where you are now. And that's exciting. And I, I can say having had, um, you know, clients that I've worked with for over a year and a half and having had a coach for over a year, you, you really get an amazing like, oh, wow, look how far I've come, which I don't think you get when you don't have a coach. Does that, does that sound great and holistically like contained for the coaching? It absolutely does because we need someone to keep us as accountable and on point. And we like to think that we do that for ourselves and maybe we do, but there's so many distractions out there. that it's kind of like, I know with me, I have my, um, I have my everything written down. I've got everything written down. I go and I check it off, but that coach, that mentor really helps me push to the next level. Yeah. And I, I find I learned, I got a really interesting tip on a, on a call last week. Everything has to be scheduled. And I've, I'm realizing that that's actually a hole in my life. So for instance, follow-ups need to be scheduled. There needs to be like every day, 8.30 to 9.30 in the morning, I'm following up on stuff. And that time is just blocked for that, right? And other things have to be scheduled or they just drop off the calendar. And it's so funny. I think we forget how hard running our businesses is, especially if you come from corporate. And I always had a project manager who was driving the bus and you would know if something had fallen off 
because the project manager is like, hello, where is that? Right. And now all of a sudden we're fully responsible for everything. So yes, lists. And then I think as far as companies go to answer your question, the way I love to work is again, I sit down with um, a leader, typically it's a chief marketing officer or a learning and development officer, or sometimes it's a head of strategy. And there's usually something that's not landing as well as they would like, or there's a, there's a problem. The culture's off or um, they don't feel they're winning as many sales as they should be. You know, when they're going in and they're pitching for work, you know, maybe the team is literally so talented. They're a little jaded, you know, things are just a little off. And, and so they're trying to figure out how do they shake them up? How do they get them to leave more on the playing field? Really just leave it all out there. And so we sit down, we structure a, a training that's really going to support that specific team. So it's, it's customized around their needs. And then typically, whether it's a, a, a workshop that lasts an hour or it's the full week, you know, one-on-one -on -one with 25 people, it really just depends on their needs. And so we make it work so that it's going to create powerful change within the organization. That's really exciting, Jen. And I would love it if you would just share some feedback that you've received, whether it's one on one client or corporate, because people love that. They love testimonials about what's the experience like. And I'm sure it's all great. Um, yeah, it's all great. I mean, except for the fact that every now and then I do I do I do get someone who doesn't like to have the mirror held up. It's not always easy to have someone, you know, ask you to be a better version of yourself when you really think you had it all going on. But the really fun testimonials that I've gotten are, for instance, um, you know, a week after one of the trainings, one of the directors, you know, sent me an email and said, uh, client literally was blown away, said it was a night and day difference from before. It was just that simple, that short. And it was just like, night and day. And, and this is a team of, of people that do on average, like six to seven presentations a day. So they're really banging them out. So to have a client, um, and it was Eminem Mars was the client, great client, uh, notice that this team leader had totally changed the way they were connecting with the team, both client side and agency side was really awesome. Congratulations. That is a huge testimonial from a very well-known company. That's amazing. A, a little earlier on in this interview, you had mentioned about uh, reinvention. And I feel like this is such an incredible time for us to assess what we're doing, where we're going, and how we can get to where it is we need to go. And that takes really opening our eyes and being true with how happy we are, as opposed to just, I know so many people, it's about the paycheck, I mentioned that before. It's about the health benefits, okay? That's another thing that's that keeps people mired in, in where they are. But you're out on your own, I'm out on my own. There are plenty of people who are doing it, and there's so many wonderful benefits that come from being a business owner. And at the same time, there's so many hats that we have to wear. So I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about how not only are you succeeding as a, a coach and, and 
an entity to corporates as well as individuals. But as a business owner, how have you managed to wrangle that big animal in? <laughs> I love your optimism that I'm wrangling it. Um, <laughs> um, so it, it's interesting. Like I would definitely agree that say the bookkeeping aspect of, of being a business owner is, is my least favorite. And I really try to keep it as simple as possible. You know, I, I literally track expenses and notes on my phone and then I enter them into Excel, you know, on a quarterly basis. So, you know, if, if, if that's wrangling the beast, I, I think it's very gentle wrangling. Um, but I, I think you're right. Like it can be done. You know, you can take a step away from corporate. Um, I think it's really interesting. I heard a stat that 84% of executives are not happy in their jobs. And that, that truly makes my heart break a little bit because I have loved what I have done for most of my life, really and truly loved it. Um, and now is, is no exception. I think it's scary to try something new. I, I think it's very scary. Um, but at the same time, if you're not happy here, what do you have to lose? Like to some degree, we really, it, it sounds very Tony Robbins, but one life to live, like this is our time. So if the health insurance is holding you back, do your research, find out what health insurance is going to cost you and put that in the spreadsheet as this is something I need to have covered. Figure out what your minimum nut is. Really figure it out because once you have a goal and let's just, you know, play with a nice flat number, say, you know, all in to cover your, your mortgage or your rent, your electric, your utilities, your health insurance, your dental insurance. Say if all in you're at, you know, $5,000. Um, now, you know, you have to bring in $60,000 plus whatever you're going to be paying in taxes. So that's going to be closer to 90. So figure out what $90,000 is on a weekly basis and then figure out how that works for you. Like, how do you need to structure your time so that you're going to be successful? And one step after another, when you break it down, you know, and I'm, I'm terrible at math, so I'm not going to figure that out on, the, on here and now. But like when you break it down and suddenly you realize, OK, you know, I need twelve hundred dollars a week or whatever it is. Um, I guess it's probably closer to, say, two thousand dollars a week. Right. How much is that a day? And then all of a sudden stuff starts to feel just a little bit more approachable. And then you just keep backing in to what you really want to do and bring your heart into it, because at the end of the day, we really all want to be living with, from a place of greater joy, greater happiness. And that really requires our hearts. Absolutely. Well said. And I'm thinking that for some people, they may think to themselves, well, I need to do something on the side while I still have the job, the career, the health insurance and side gigs are great too, right? Absolutely. And I think even if you like, you see the number and you have your main gig. What about reducing your hours at the main gig? You know, what about going to four days a week? Get creative. Nobody said that the game has to be played the way the game said it has to be played originally. It's time to change the rules for you. And more than ever, and this is hearkening back to what we were just saying about employees having more power. More than ever, I think employers, especially if they value you and what you're bringing to the table, 
more than ever, employers are willing to be flexible, creative, um, open-minded. Like when people tell me they want to quit, I always say, have you thought about taking a sabbatical? Go and ask if they will give you a sabbatical. Some companies will even offer paid sabbatical or they'll give you like three months off at half salary because burnout is real. You know, stress and anxiety is real and replacing you is a lot more expensive. According to Gallup, it's 50% to 200% of an employee's salary to replace them. So think about it. Like I'm going to pay you $25,000 to take three months off is a lot cheaper than trying to replace you if your salary is $100,000 for the tune of either $50,000 or $200,000. That's like crazy. So I think when we get creative and to your point, curious, we're going to really come out a lot further along for ourselves and our companies. Curiosity is king. And I just want to add to that. When I've worked in corporate, I think I had four or five careers. Uh, the training that they offered from the very beginning, that really said something to me. If they were investing in training for me and they were giving me a window of time to ramp up, that's a place I wanted to be because I thought they really care about me succeeding here because they understand, to your point, it costs a lot of money to replace someone. So I want people to think about that. If you're looking at and embarking on something new, what is the, the training that they're offering? Are they giving you the tools that you need to succeed? And if they have made that investment to for you, as Jen just said, go and speak with them and, and let them know, hey, I like working here, but this is what's going on with me. Can you work with me? Can we figure something out? And I think you'll be surprised that people will appreciate your, your candor. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. And I think what you're saying really leans into the notion of human connection, corporate connection, right? We're asking to have our needs met, which is brave, but we're also, when we are happy, we do a better job. Happiness is a massive, massive indicator of productivity because when you are happy and joyful, you are much more likely to lean into doing a great job. So your company does want you happy. And at the end of the day, like all the people around you want you happy because you're going to be a better spouse, a better parent, a better, you know, partner slash um, team player. Right. Yes. And you're bringing value. So hopefully it's it's like a good marriage where the company is giving you value and you're giving them value and then you can figure something out. And working with a coach, working with a mentor like Jen is something that makes a lot of sense and can help you take a lot of that anxiety and that uncertainty away because you're going to be speaking with an expert who can help guide you. Yeah. And while... Coaching classically doesn't, it's very different than mentoring. And I think a lot of people think a coach is going to tell you what to do. Great coaches ask you great questions because when the answers come from within, they're much more appropriate and fitting and powerful for the individual from, from whence they're coming, right? It's, it's, there's no one size fits all when it comes to creating lives that we're going to love living, right? Your life wouldn't work for me and my life probably wouldn't work for you. So it's really wonderful in the coaching world to get to hold space for people in, and it, because it really is a curious listening environment where 
my job is to literally inspire the person to see things in a different way and have those wild ahas like, oh my gosh, if I just, everything would shift, you know? So fun. It is such a great experience when somebody has that epiphany moment or that aha moment. Jen, you are also an author, and we'd love to have you on our show, The Corner Bookstore. Your book is The Big Power of Tiny Connections. Tell us a little bit about this before we sign off for today. Um, so The Big Power of Tiny Connections was a book that I wrote to really inspire people to see all the little moments in their lives. So beyond the office and beyond your friend group, how do you connect with the world? How do you expand your world? And I really just tried to break it down to what do people want out of life? You know, typically we want to make more money. We want a better job. We want to be invited to more parties. We want to connect more in a lot of different ways. And so I wrote a really fun story-based book that tells crazy fun stories about how all these amazing little connections happened just from a random conversation at a bar or while dancing on a bus or, you know, in a dentist's office. And then at the end of the book, I break it down, really practical advice on how do you stay connected with someone that you just met on a plane? How do you grow that and turn that into something of value? How do you get out of awkward conversations? You know, that's not something I was ever really good at. So like I break down all these different social moments and really try and support people in a fun and engaging way. So while I think the book is really, really helpful and will expand people's lives and, and change how they look at the world, I think it's also uh, a very snappy read because I, I wrote it with uh, short attention spans in mind. And you can read any chapter as a standalone and get a lot, a lot of like insight from it. I love that word snappy. That is great. So you provide education and entertainment. Absolutely. My goal is to have you chuckling. And if you uh, if you read the reviews on Amazon, I succeed, which makes me very, very happy because it was it was written in my tone. I mean, I wrote it. So I wanted to sound like me, but really sound like me because, you know, I wanted people who don't know me to read it and be like, oh, she's she's entertaining, but also she's changing how I'm looking at things. And, and I get that comment the most from people who find me on LinkedIn or they reach out on my website or they email me, you know, like they're like, they often say, I can hear your voice in my head. It sounds like I can get a sense of who you are and you've really shifted how I see the little moments. Like now when I stand in TSA, I do this. Or when I'm getting my coffee, I do that. And at a conference, I feel so much more confident talking to strangers and just owning my vulnerability. And being, you know, an awkward human suddenly feels normal. So that, that, that really inspires me when people reach out and share. Well, we have people who'd love to connect with you and we have your information, but if people want to email you, what's the best way your website for people who can't read the banner, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? So um, the best way to get in touch with me is to go to Jen Nash, that's J-E-N-N-A-S-H.com. And there's a, a, a contact form on there. Reach out, just uh, click contact me and, and LinkedIn. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn under Jen Nash. Um, although there are a lot of Jen Nashes. So probably easier to just go to jennash.com. 
All right, there we have it. Jen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here with us today. Please do come back on the Corner Bookstore. We'd love to have you read from your book and join us on any of our other shows that you feel will resonate with your mission. I can't thank you enough. You have been absolutely wonderful as a host. Oh, thank you very much. You've been a great guest. And thank you to everyone who's watching and listening, whether it's on the live or the replay. We really do appreciate you. Hopefully we'll see you again soon, Jen. Yes, likewise. Have a great, great rest of your day. Thanks, you too. Bye for now. And thanks to each and every one of you. Please do reach out to Jen. People come here to share their information, to give education, hope, and inspiration. And if you don't walk through the door and contact them, that's an opportunity that you missed. So again, all of her information is here in the comments. Please do reach out. I have a couple of quick announcements before we close out for our next show. I just want to congratulate and welcome our new team member. Maria Eduardo has joined our team as a certified certified elevated listener. Everyone out there watching, listening, you can join our team at USA Global TV and radio as an elevated listener by taking a course that is called The Power of Listening. It's a two-hour online course. You get certified in learning how to listen without judging, without interrupting, without providing a solution, and without stealing the stage. Just go over to drjacqueline.thinkific.com slash collections. All right. We also have a new show coming called Food and Our Emotions. This is a six-part series with experts from around the world helping us understand why we have all these emotions tied up with food. So join us for that. Also, we have another new show coming. It's the Spelling Bee, where we'll have Janetta Barry from Africa competing against Caroline Heward from the United Kingdom for the title of Queen Bee Speller. And finally, I have a new book coming out that I've co-written with Mariska Dupree. The book is called The Amazing Adventures of Lady Ella, the Listening Mentor, and it's dedicated to my great niece, Ella. In this book, the animal characters who are represented by the people here who are elevated listeners, the animals teach elevated listening skills to children and their families. The book is available on Amazon on the 14th of December. Thank you so much. They're all the announcements we have for now. Thank you, Jen. Thank you to each and every one of you. Our next show coming up is the men's show, Wild at Heart, Bonfire Talks, Real, Authentic, Uncut, hosted and moderated by Roland Friedel, who is in his motorhome driving through Europe, and he is hosting six men from around the world, and they're going to be talking about self-care and taking time for themselves. Thanks again. Bye, everyone. Thank you.